I like to rant. Ranting is fun. It also makes cleanses the soul. Uh, Detroit is to be one of the best sports cities in the country, if not the best. Surely Javi can't be as bad this year as he was last year. Surely that can't be the case. One of the worst offenses, if not the worst offense, like in the modern era of baseball, just absolutely atrocious. He is a piece of the puzzle. He is not the entire puzzle. Right. He's a puzzle piece, but he is not the entire puzzle. This is the Michigan and Trumbull podcast with your hosts, Alex S. Freeman and Luke Giaconis. Hello and welcome to the Michigan and Trumbull podcast. I'm Alex Freeman, joined as always by Luke Jaconis, who I just really, I just really got him. I broke him right to start the show. How's it going, Luke? (laughs) Good. You know, I was was laughing so hard was because sometimes I got crappy internet or just said, you know, the the, the powers that be with Wi-Fi. I thought you were frozen for just a second, but then I realized you weren't frozen about... 10 seconds seconds into me wondering if you were frozen, then I just started laughing. It was funny. <laughs> we were just smiling at each other like a bunch of idiots, like a, two dumb cardboard cutouts. And uh, hi, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the, welcome to the show. Um, on the show today, we are going to uh, mostly focus on the Miggy Farewell Weekend. Um, we traveled up to Detroit to partake in the celebration mm-hmm. um and so we'll kind of talk through that what that weekend looked like and just kind of give you you all an overview of the next few weeks of the show um we will then on our next episode talk about the kind of like the tigers off season maybe play some cut them or keep them uh what we hope to see scott harris do and kind of take a, a, a bigger look at the the overall free agent market as well um and kind of what might be available out there and then from there, uh, we'll we'll then do kind of a fuller season recap, wider MLB. After that, we'll bring the guys back on the show so you can all learn how badly I lost um, in this season's competition. And and then we'll head into the off season where we've got some some other special episodes planned for you that should be some good stuff. And some of those are even going to be a surprise to Luke. So that's going to be great. All right. Um, I like it. I like my favorite thing is that we've just announced that we're going to have the guys on the show because you and I talked about it, but we've actually yet to talk to the guys. Yeah, we have not uh, confirmed any sure, of them. So, yeah. so actually, uh, Luke, Tom Wilson, Sean, yeah, yeah. if you guys could just yeah. let us know your availability, um, yeah. that'd be great. That'd be great. We'd appreciate it. Tom will it. listen to the episode and we'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there. Yeah, because he's a loyal listener. Uh, Colin is just a nice guy, so he's off doing nice guy things. And uh, Sean doesn't even know we have the podcast, so it's going to be a real treat for everybody. Sean, but, uh, Sean yeah, has never been fun. aware that he's been on the podcast. He just thinks we're hanging out yeah, talking right. baseball. He just and drinking beer. And how can you blame him when you're with your friends and doing it? I mean, it's a good time. Yeah, some fun stuff coming up. I think this will actually be a pretty active, and I hope I'm not shooting ourselves in the foot by kind of saying this. I think this will be a fairly active off season for us because sometimes we usually kind of take a little bit of a hiatus. I'm not. Gonna, it might not be as you know, a regimented schedule that is during the regular season of actual baseball going on. But usually we kind of take like a two or three month hibernation. I feel like we're going to make more appearances this offseason, which is exciting because, you know, hey, coming off the heels of the season, I guess there is some excitement going into 24. So why not talk about it? That's right. That's right. I loved it. Yeah. And so let's let's um, let's get down to business uh, to defeat the Huns. As defeat the Huns. Our, oh, <laughs> our friend Mulan might say um, we are synergizing. So we we. This past weekend, um, as we're recording this on Thursday, October 5th, uh, the the Major League Baseball regular season came to an end, which means that the end of Miguel Cabrera's career also occurred. Um, we traveled up to Detroit uh, for, for the weekend, arrived Friday evening, uh, which was itself a bit of a journey for, for me and my wife as uh, New York decided to flood on Friday um morning which meant that the terminal that i was supposed to fly out of at laguardia airport was literally full of water so we had to pivot make some make some rearrangements but we got there on friday um and so we attended the game saturday and sunday so as we kind of talk about the celebration we we were not at the drone show we were not at friday night's show so as we uh, for friday night's game so as we talk about this um know that 
I was on a plane while most of it was happening, but Luke uh, was was in the city of Detroit, but watching on television as we go there. So I guess let's start. I guess let's start on Friday and kind of go into the weekend as we go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to just say this off the top. I know we had very different travel experiences, and I'm not trying to be get the show sponsored by Spirit Airlines, but hey, if they want to throw us a couple of bucks, why not? Uh, Shout out to Spirit Airlines for me. I have never. Spirit gets a bad rep, and probably deservedly so, along with Frontier Airlines. Not great airlines. They get you there, get you back, sometimes in one piece, sometimes not. But in this particular instance, I flew Spirit Airlines there and back. It was phenomenal. It was like maybe one of the best flights I've ever had, ever. Not just on Spirit. I'm talking all of airlines. So wow. kudos to Spirit, I guess. I didn't I didn't think I'd ever be saying those words. but I will, yeah, yeah, I will they, say, so we were also on a Spirit flight, and not to... Not to um, hurt our potential, our potential sponsorship here. Uh, but I got a notification from the app that my flight was canceled, which made sense because, uh, again, LaGuardia Terminal A was flooded and literally closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as soon as I got that notification, I got on the phone because I knew about a flight out of Newark that I wanted to get switched to, which ultimately customer service took care of it. It was great. We got on that flight out of Newark which got us to Detroit on time ish. And then, but I did have to alert the spirit customer service agent to the fact that my flight had been canceled because it was not in the rest of their system. <laughs> uh, so, so maybe an area, an opportunity for improvement spirit um, in that instance <laughs> is that when a push notification that a flight's been canceled goes out, perhaps alert the rest of the company as well um, <laughs> just so that they're prepared for phone calls <laughs> about this flight being canceled. But again, uh, on the flight, flight there, flight home, no problem. Fly spirit all the time. Uh, I'm used to. From an A to an A minus. Get it together, spirit. spirit. Notify the people. Got to notify them. Oh, yeah. So that was fine. You know, honestly, when you underrate it, because this is kind of us talking about the weekend, but also just like the overall experience of traveling and new city and exploring all that stuff. It's kind of our overall review and recap of the 48 hours we were in Detroit. Nothing better than when you can start off your trip with a a nice, solid flight experience. I'm sorry that you had to get to Detroit by canoe. uh, But for those of us who weren't flooded in our terminals, not bad. Not bad, but I, I understand your your frustrations, and that had to have been annoying. I, if it was me in your shoes, I would have been stressed and anxious. So I guess knowing that you're a more calmer traveler than I am, better to you than me. So That's true. That room. is very true. Yes, that's true. Uh, so Friday, I get in, right? I'm the first one out of the whole group to get in. I check into the hotel. Let's give, I guess, a plug to the hotel. The Athenaeum, right? The Athenaeum, the Greek Hotel. Athenaeum Greek Hotel, correct? I think I have the name correct on uh, that? Greek Town. Greek Town. Greek, Greek Town. Athenaeum Greek, Greek Town. Town. Yeah. Athenaeum, Greetown. And we yeah. and we really stay there because we like names that are mouthfuls to say, like the Michigan and Trumbull <laughs> podcast, mm-hmm. the Athenaeum yep. Greek Town Hotel. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect yeah. spot. Alex likes to book hotels that he knows I'll have to say repeatedly on the podcast. Yep. So it makes me look even dumber when I mispronounce the name. So that's it's just him. <laughs> it's just him trying to one up me once again with all of his fancy degrees. I uh, know, but yeah, stayed at the Athenaeum in Greek Town. Really nice hotel. Staff was pretty darn friendly. Mm-hmm. Room itself was cool. Never had been in a room before. There were little stairs. It was almost like a little mini suite kind of thing going on. There was a couch, two beds, nice big bathroom. Good stuff there. Only thing we got to talk about that, uh, that that hotel is they got to work on those elevators. Elevators, oh, yeah. not great. And also, we discovered going to get breakfast sandwiches on Sunday that I'm sure there is because there's got to be one, I would imagine, like due to code and violations. But we could not find a legitimate stairwell that would take us from the seventh floor down to the lobby. Like you could take it from the seventh to the second, and then you could go through like an emergency fire exit, but we didn't want to sound the alarm and make the hotel have to evacuate. So we opted just to get on the the elevator and take it from two to the lobby, but just again, minor from A to A minus little inconveniences. So what we're saying is we recommend the hotel unless it catches fire, in which case it might be a death trap. (laughs) Might be it. That might might be curtain. So you might want to get ready to jump. That might be your best bet. Pack a parachute. The Michigan and Trouble Podcast brought to you by Fire (laughs) Safety. Fire safety. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, so we stayed at the hotel. Ho- hotel was nice. Uh, very comfortable for five people. Only, you know, we're over there two nights. If we were there a week, maybe probably would have explored a bigger room, two rooms, whatever. But you're there 48 hours. We're hardly in the room. It is what it is. So my Friday night started after checking in. I was starving and I knew you guys weren't going to be there for a while. Tom and Anthony, their flight was about two and a half hours away from getting in. 
ironically enough, their flight, I think, was like 50 minutes. Like it, once they were yeah. act, once the plane actually took off, it was a breeze. But up to that point, I think they'd had a couple of, they were on the runway for a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. But regardless, easy flight from Chicago to Detroit. Yeah. But I had some time Chicago to kill by myself. Super easy flight. Super easy. So I went to Nikki's Pizza. And let me tell you, mwah, mwah, mwah. so good. Detroit style pizza, very yummy. Had a couple of beers. Great, great stuff. I uh, can highly recommend. It was a great first bite to have in a brand new city that I really hadn't been to. I mean, I went to Detroit once like 15 years ago, but I think we stayed at a holiday in like 40 minutes outside of the actual city. So this was actually my first time really experiencing everything Detroit had to offer, and it did not disappoint. Uh, Tom and Anthony get in. Where do we go for dinner? Because two out of the three places we tried were either closed or weren't serving food. Back to Nikki's. That's right. I went to Nikki's Pizza twice in about uh, in about two hours. That's that was how I spent my Friday night. The guys enjoyed their food, I think, for what it was. And then we went back to the hotel. We watched the drone show. We watched the end of that Tigers game. They lost the Friday night game because it was Joey Wentz on the mound. And anytime Joey Wentz pitches, the Tigers lose. And uh, that was pretty much how we capped off our Friday. You guys got to the hotel, and that sat us up for Saturday. Did I really miss anything else? No, I think you nailed it, Luke. I think you nailed it. I think what am I... Like one Cheers. of one of the things as well. Like I've I've spent a little bit more time, and I grew up in Michigan. I grew up about in a, a little over an hour from Detroit. Um, have been in and out for events uh, throughout throughout my life, but this right. was definitely also my first time like staying overnight in Detroit because it was always just like mm-hmm. a little over an hour drive home. So why would we stay overnight? Um, so so it was really it was really interesting just to like kind of get that that first initial experience as well of like coming into Detroit at night and getting the the kind of like seeing the right. city lit up. One of the things that was yeah. cool that I don't know if you if you saw on your way in um but Bally Sports highlighted this as well that like a lot of the businesses were lighting up their buildings orange and blue or doing various things like that for Miggy and so like coming in seeing a lot of orange and blue um, on the buildings yeah. and all of those types of things was, was a really uh, fun and exciting way to start the weekend as well, because you kind of started to realize, Oh, this, like this thing that I've just been like thinking about for the last almost a year um, as my, as this thing that I'm going to do with my friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's how this is. This is a massive, massive thing that, that we are yeah. like, Entering We're going to be a part of. Yeah, yeah just like yeah. this massive yeah. moment of, of baseball history. Um, Agreed. So that was kind Agreed. of like the first the first kind of inklings of like how, how big this weekend was going to be and how many mm-hmm. different moving pieces the Tigers organization was, was working in. Yeah. I, I will just say this real quick about the city of Detroit. Obviously, we didn't, you know, visit every single restaurant and every single bar and every single little tourist thing that the city has to offer. My overall initial thoughts on Detroit – that's a nice, that's an, I don't want to say a little city because it's a big city, but it's a nice city. I guess I'm just speaking, you know, you're a New Yorker or now you're a New Yorker. I you know, lived in Chicago. So we're used to some pretty big cities. And while it's not on the scale of those cities, like it's nice. Now, like any other city, I'm sure there's parts you don't want to go to. There's mm-hmm. parts that may be safer than others. Just be smart when you're there and traveling. Uh, but I feel like Detroit gets this weird and like, like old school kind of bad rep of like you're going to Detroit yikes like even when I was like telling co-workers I was going to Detroit for a weekend they were kind of like oh good luck be safe and I was like it's it, we're, we're gonna be fine folks like it's a big city like I'm we're not morons we're not gonna do anything stupid or unsafe like it's a big city I, it's like there's this weird like taboo like old kind of mm-hmm. like rhetoric I feel like with Detroit that really isn't true it was a really nice city we had a blast there was a ton of fun things to do Obviously, the you know the stadium is great, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But overall, thoughts on the city as a whole: great time, some awesome food. We ate really well this entire trip, especially the breakfast sandwiches, which is a great segue to get to the Saturday morning. Yep. But overall, like two thumbs up for the city. I can't wait to go back. I had a really nice time. Yeah. So, uh, so let's get to Saturday morning. We we kind of get up. We had originally thought maybe we'd eat at the hotel, but then decided uh, not to the night before. Uh, my wife did a little research of, of the place, found this spot called Iggy's Eggies. And if you find yourself in Detroit on a morning, you're looking for breakfast, go to Iggy's Eggies. It is so good. Um, it yeah. was maybe a, a, a 15 minute walk, 10 minute walk uh, over to Iggy's Eggies uh, from, from the hotel. Um, I think that I think I'm gonna say that. Ren, I was a little surprised by how walkable everything was. 
Um, like obviously I had, I had picked a hotel that, um, I was like, okay, we can definitely walk to and from the stadium without, without a problem. But I wasn't sure about, you know, where are we going to have dinner necessarily? Where are we going to have breakfast? What is that going to look like? Are we going to need to Uber, um, over whatever, whatever it's going to look like, but it was, everything felt super walkable. Um, and, and that was I'm gonna great. Bra- yeah. I'm going to, sorry. I'm going to brag about you for a second. You, if you listeners or viewers of the show ever are interested in booking a travel agent, I would highly recommend A.S. <laughs> Freeman travel because this man booked us not one, but two very good hotels. And when you're doing a group trip, there always has to be, I think, the designated planner. You can have one, maybe two. More than two, it's too mm-hmm. many cooks in the kitchen. But in this particular instance, Alex crushed it with the hotel. So my hat's off to you. They were great. They were Thank great, you, both sir. Thank you. So good Thank stuff. you. Yeah, so we yeah. head over to um, uh, Iggy's Eggies. And one, uh, it's it's just a, uh, a window and a wall. Uh, there's not an indoor element to it. So we kind of get over there. There's a crowd around the window. Um, it in a fun, in a very fun way, it's about 10 a.m. before the before the game, and uh, you got all these people in Tigers gear getting sandwiches, and so like you're starting to feel mm-hmm. the buzz in the stadium area. Um, and yep. so we get up, we order, we get the sandwiches. It it all doesn't take that long. My wife, our friend Anthony, they head over to to order the coffee from a different coffee shop um, in the area. I never went into that coffee shop. I don't know what it was called, but it was also good. Uh, I don't drink coffee, but I went in there and it looked like a coffee shop to me. So I can't give them a plug because I don't drink coffee and also looked like a coffee shop. I'm not saying it was bad or good. It sounds like you guys like the coffee. I just didn't have the coffee. Yeah, it was good coffee. It was good coffee. Good yep. coffee to be had somewhere near Iggy's Eggies. Uh, ap- apologies to the uh, owners of that establishment that uh, don't have that. <laughs> just killing small business right that now. That one in our head. But it's right across from a park. Um, yes. A lovely little park with Which a... Was- a we love DET Detroit uh, mm-hmm. statue um, that was incredible. Um, oh, oh uh, I believe the location is being sent to me from the other room. Um, oh, we'll see what happens. The producers, she our just producers are listening in. Airdrop it to me, even though I'm I'm not able to look at this on my phone because I use my phone That's and okay. my camera. So, uh, still don't know where the, lo- where the coffee shop was. It was it was fair. But we we end up sitting in this in this lovely little park to eat our breakfast and uh, it was great and it was it was a great little morning down in the stadium uh, so in the stadium district uh, down there so it was a desert oasis coffee roasters of Detroit that is where we went it was excellent um, can recommend as a great cup of coffee. Did she also just uh, text it to you? Also, just texted it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Website: Desert Oasis Coffee Roasters, Detroit. Dessert. Four point six. Dessert. I've I've been corrected uh, with a with a pie emoji. Oh, it's dessert. Dessert. Oh, dessert oasis. Again, coffee. Remember roasters. when I said the thing earlier about you trying to make me pronounce words that I'm going to mispronounce to look stupid? I just failed the second grade test. I couldn't tell the difference between desert and dessert. So it's okay. I couldn't either yeah, this time. Yeah. I, yeah. I you read words piece. frequently. You for, read words for a living. You for do. For a living. So. You, do. you do. So that takes us to Saturday after we did our breakfast run, which was great. Then we get to Comerica. This is probably the meat and potatoes of what everybody really wants to hear. But So I just want to start off by saying this before we get into the actual Comerica review and recap. I want to talk quickly about this entire weekend, just for a, like a blanket statement. Then we can really dissect everything. It is no secret that I have my fair share of qualms with the Detroit Tigers organization, how things have been handled over the last six, seven years, upper management in particular with Chris Illich. Just across the board, I've got a lot of uh, gripes and grievances that I've I've had and I've made very clear about this organization. Uh, Having said that, uh, they crushed it this final weekend of the season. Uh, They pulled out, I think, all of the stops and it was a smashing success. I don't know, uh, you know, what your thoughts on it are, are exactly. I think we're kind of in the same camp, but just from the atmosphere to the pageantry to the ceremony to the emotions, everything that they attempted to pull off, I think they achieved and then some. It was such a well done event, such a well done weekend. Helps too that the Tigers won two out of those three games, especially on Saturday and Sunday, when it really kind of felt like the festivities were kicking off. 
the drone show for what I watched on Friday night looked cool from the hotel room. Uh, but being there in person Saturday and Sunday, the electricity that was just around that area and in particular in the stadium was something I'll never forget. And I think huge kudos and huge congratulations to this entire organization because they kicked so much ass this weekend with how they celebrated Miguel Cabrera and wrapped up the 2023 season. So I just have to say, uh, I give them I give them my props because sometimes I know I don't do it. I'm a hard ass, but on this particular one, I just got to say they they absolutely crushed it, and it was really awesome to see. And I was grateful to be able to experience it. Yeah, I would I would say I would go so far as to say absolutely no notes. Um, I think that this was the her perfect way to send off um, an absolute legend of the game and of the organization, and. Uh, I I cannot think of a single thing that they could have slash should have done differently, perhaps, as we go through mm-hmm. the weekend. Um, so yep. to to whomever in the organization was in charge, uh, well done. Keep it up. Please plan more events because it was great. It was great. Yeah. You, yeah, that, that's that they should be come up. If, they, if baseball doesn't work out, party planning is definitely in that person's future or those people's future. So you got that going for you. So my. My first initial thoughts of being back in Comerica mm-hmm. for the first time in almost 15 years is this. It is a awesome stadium. Yeah. It is an awesome stadium. Now, I'm sure I'm biased a little because this is my favorite team we're talking about here. But if if it's not better than Bush or PNC, it's right up there. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll give Bush and PNC the slight nods and, and one and a half aspects. One for the one big one I think they have over Comerica is food. I found the Comerica Park food to be fine, not good, not bad, just kind of right in the middle. Um, The views you get at Bush and PNC, I do think, are better to an extent than Comerica, but Comerica has a really nice view, has a really nice Mm -hmm. skyline. You get Ford Field in the background, some of the buildings over in right center. We could see the building that had the whales on the wall. It was exciting to finally get to see that in person. Uh, so other than really, I guess maybe the food check mark, I think to me, this might be my favorite stadium in baseball. And again, I'm probably biased cause it's my team, but I was just so impressed and just how they had everything decorated with Miggy and all like the little facts. And, but even, you know, just like when you're walking through kind of, you know, the, um, the walkways where the, where, where the breezeways are flowing in and everything, the little stats and figurines and like little museums, like mini museums of like former tigers and histories through all the decades. Like it was just so cool. And then there's like, there's literally a carousel and a Ferris wheel mm-hmm. for like little kids to go do stuff. And then there's tons of food option and tons of booze and tons of merch. And like, I just thought it was so well done. And then you just top on all that, how much the like little fun Miggy things they had around the stadium you know, from the band and the lights and the Miguel Cabrera bobblehead and all that stuff, the little food court that we went to a few times. It's just overall, the place rocks. It is a rocking time. It's a hell of a stadium. And again, probably my favorite, honestly. It, it was such a blast. Yeah, I think that um, I agree. My, my wife actually said who grew up um, as in Cardinals territory. And so like going to Bush Stadium is like the the, the stadium that that is her hometown stadium. Um and obviously a stadium that we hold in high regard uh mm-hmm. that that this was probably her favorite her favorite stadium and i would i would tend to agree um and, mm-hmm. and on the food note i think for me that where it where it loses a couple of points is in variety of food available but as i as i think about that because there is kind of a lack of variety but there are a ton of concession stands yep there was never a particularly long line and mm-hmm. these were two sold out baseball games that i if you ran up to get a hot dog or something between innings you you would maybe miss the first pitch or two to the, the batter if you left at the end as the final out was recorded you could probably get back before the first batter was done with his at bat um in the next inning so i think that they're that is an advantage over some places, um, certainly. And one of the other things that's really cool about the way the stadium is set up is that if you're in line for most of the food stands, you're actually still just looking at the field. Um, that the field is is available, the view of the field is available to you through the concession stand, uh-huh. which also made everything feel feel more open, um, feel more accessible and uh 
great. Like one, like I, I was really on the hunt for a Coney dog on set in Saturday's game. And I did have to go like most of the way around the stadium from, from our seats. Um, but because I could see the field so constantly, I was like constantly aware of where we were in the lineup. And so I was able to like, okay, we're kind of getting around in the tiger's order. I'm going to watch the tigers bat this inning from a standing area and then continue my journey to get food in case we get around to Miguel Cabrera so that I don't miss an at bat. Right. Um, right. And, and so the ability to like continuously track the game like that is something that not every stadium has. And a lot of stadiums don't, um, so kudos to Comerica. Yeah, beautiful stadium experience. It's it's great. If you haven't been in a while, go. And I think too with the food as well, we're all kind of stick up for Comerica again as well. This this was like this was a big weekend. It was a historic mm-hmm. weekend. It was like as every Miggy at bat came and went, you were like, we're one step closer to this guy being gone forever. So I will almost say to an extent as well, as like I maybe wasn't seeking out the most adventurous food, admittedly, yeah. because I didn't really want to miss a minute of the action. I could have. I could have easily. And to be fair, there was also, especially that Saturday game, like we got there like two hours before the game started. So I could have easily walked around and tried to find some more adventurous food options. But sometimes I'm a simpleton. I like a hot dog and a cold beer when I go to a baseball game. Sue me. You know, so again, the food wasn't awful by any means. It wasn't the best ballpark food I've ever had. I still think I'd probably give that to PNC, that Pittsburgher. Mwah, so good. So damn good, the Pittsburgher. But uh, overall, I mean, it, it's solid stuff. It's it's chicken fingers, it's hot dogs, it's burgers. If you like Little Caesars pizza, I guess you can go ahead and it's do there. that. It's available. It's there. Little Caesars deep dish it's there in droves. is available. It is. Yeah, I will it say, is. yeah, I think the best stadium food I ate this baseball season was at Bush Stadium, um, which was a yeah. in- incredibly, incredibly good spicy chicken sandwich on two donuts. It was great. Wow. And you're you're still, you didn't go into cardiac arrest. You're still here to tell the tale. That is impressive. Uh, one thing I will just say real quick, too, about the surrounding areas around, outside the city, we really didn't go to like, we didn't go to Hockey Town. We walked mm-hmm. by Ford Field, but there are options for you to go around and enjoy a couple drinks or a snack mm-hmm. before you actually go into the stadium, which is really nice. It's not quite obviously as nice or as accommodating as like a ballpark village at Bush Stadium, but there is the option to do that or like a Wrigley. There's, yeah, there's, like t- there's like Tin Roof, like right, right. by the entrance that mm-hmm. we went in on Saturday. Um, that looked yep. like a great bar to hang out in before yeah. the game. So. There, options. there are options. We just, uh, yeah, we just chose to. We wanted to get in the stadium, and we were all kind of the same mindset: uh, walk to our seats, <laughs> make sure the seats were physically there, and then be like, "Great, now we got like two hours to go kill and actually explore the stadium," which was mm-hmm. really, really fun. Uh, so then Saturday, we get into the pregame ceremony. Um, I, I thought this was just really well done. Like, I really mm-hmm. liked it. I loved him coming out from behind home plate. He was high-fiving fans. His family's out there, some former teammates, some former coaches. Tiger legend Alan Trammell was there. Yep. You had, I believe it was, Lance Parrish and Willie Horton unveiling the Miggy 24, uh, you know, kind of little statue they did with the baseballs in right center. I mean, just, again, no notes really. Like, really well done. Uh, it, was, it was nice to hear Alan Trammell speak. It was nice to hear Matt Boyd and Eduardo Rodriguez speak. The only thing I would say maybe a little bit with the ceremony, there was one thing that I was kind of surprised with, and there was one thing about this weekend, maybe a certain man by the last name of Illich, who we'll get to in a second, that I was very surprised by, but I kind of get it. Uh, But I was a little bit surprised that there were no, like, former teammates. Like, Erod and Matt Boyd Mm -hmm. are are current, current teammates of Miguel. So I was surprised like a Jose Iglesias or a Victor Martinez or I don't, you know, uh, trying to think of obviously not like a Justin Verlander because he's still working right now, Mm -hmm. but you know, just some, just someone from those kind of maybe late 2000s, early 2010s when the team was really good to kind of come out and give a, a word or something. But I had no qualms at all listening to Alan Trammell, listening to Erod or Matthew Boyd. Um, it was, it was really well done. Yeah, I think the only thing for me, like why you wouldn't have a former teammate, is because how do you, how do you choose of twenty one mm-hmm. years of former teammates? Um, and I do right. think that they did a really nice job with the, and maybe we'll talk about this in a moment. The kind of continuous video messages, yeah, throughout the games, um, where we'd have various former play, former teammates, uh, former coaches, former, and just other sports figures. Uh, mm-hmm. from around the state of Michigan and beyond uh, saying, 
saying thank you to Miguel for what what he has done for sports in the city of Detroit. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that the ceremony was uh, to have it emceed by Dan Dickerson, like beautiful. Um, cause uh-huh. you know, Dan's career and Miguel's career um, nearly the same, nearly about the same length. Um, so sure. Dan's been calling Miguel sure. for, for a long time, a long, long time. Uh, and so to have him, him MC and do that. Yeah, it was, it's odd on the surface that Chris did not appear. That he wasn't even sitting yeah. there, that he wasn't, he was nowhere to be seen throughout the weekend. But it does the, it does underscore just how bad the relationship between ownership and the fan base is. Right. That yeah. he right. was not able to be a part of this this moment um for fear of being booed incessantly which he absolutely would have been um right and rightfully so your th- your thoughts yeah. on 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 chris's absence not your thoughts on chris <laughs> no i've i've made my thoughts on chris clear <laughs> and i don't want to take up the rest of the show uh i i get it i get it and i don't get it i think it was the smart play by not having him there because you know if he's there he's just going to get booed viciously and it's going to kind of put a little bit of a damper on the celebration but at the same point in time, it is like, you're the owner, dude. You're the one who signs the checks. Like in most situations, I feel like when a legend like Miguel Cabrera, uh, someone of his status and his, you know, his persona is leaving the owners nine times out of 10, I always feel there. Now I did hear on Sunday, once the Sunday game concluded, um, Scott Harris and Chris Illich came down and addressed the team with Miguel's family, AJ Hinch and everyone. So he did make an appearance. It seems like at some point. But he probably did the smart PR move, not by showing up. I mean, mm-hmm. on one hand, I did kind of want to boo him out of the city, but on another hand, you know, it kept the line moving, so to speak, and it just made an it made an even it made a good ceremony even great that I guess we didn't have to see him or hear any of the garbage that would have potentially spewed out of his mouth. So I ninety percent ninety five percent of me is like it was probably the right call. Five percent of me it's like, well, dude, you are kind of the owner, yeah. and that kind of comes with the territory. You maybe should have been there, but. It is what it is. I'm, I'm not heartbroken that I didn't see Chris Illich. Uh, a little heartbroken I couldn't boo him, but hey, maybe next year. And I liked that. I liked that Trammell spoke for the organization. Um, and Agreed. Harris didn't speak, and it's not it's mm-hmm. against Scott Harris. It's just that you've only been here for a year, and so like, who who are you in this moment to yeah pay tribute to Miguel Cabrera when there are there are guys available who can speak yeah. to the organization who have been here. F- and a part of it since Miguel joined the organization. So that. Yeah. And, and real quick, seeing Jim Leland, always great. Oh. I mean, legend, absolute legend. Uh, you can tell him and Miguel have a pretty special relationship, uh, which is pretty cool. I want to say one more thing. It was funny because I mean, we, were, we were talking before going into, speaking of Jim Leland, we were talking before going into Saturday, you posed the question, who do you think Miguel Cabrera's favorite manager to have yeah. played for is? And then Jim Leland was the, was the manager. I mean, obviously AJ was there too, but Jim Leland was the manager present. And so I was like, well, I guess that probably answers the question of who it was. And then if you do process elimination of who his least favorite Tigers manager was, Leland was there in person. Hinch was there in person. Ron Gardenhire sent in a video message. I think there's only one other Tigers manager uh, whose initials might be BA and it doesn't stand for badass uh, who didn't get any love this weekend, at least from what I could tell. Maybe Osmus had a video message on the Saturday game that we missed, but I don't think Brad sent in any love. Yeah, I don't I think don't, there's I don't uh, believe Brad was asked to participate. Um. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> uh, the one thing I want to say, and we don't, I mean, realistically, we don't have to get into the games that much. The Tigers whooped up on Cleveland. I believe they won 8 nothing on Saturday. We did get mm-hmm. to see, we can say real quick, talking about Miggy's finals. We did get to see his final hit on Saturday, which was a double, which was awesome to see. We saw his final RBI on Saturday, which was a sack fly, his final run scored. I mean, the place went electric every time the man came to the plate. I mean, what else would you expect? Stand literally standing ovations every single at bat. It wasn't just the first or the last. It didn't matter if he was you know, coming up in the sixth inning, the Tigers were up seven nothing. He was getting a you know a standing ovation, like and, and a very just, a very loud so. one. I think I only heard yeah. Miguel Cabrera actually get announced by the public address announcer once, and it was right. not the full the full announcement. Um, 
Yeah, I think for me, I think that double on Saturday, um, as of Saturday, my anticipation was that that was going to be the most magical moment of the weekend um, because it was mm-hmm. it was a nothing nothing game. Um, his second his second time up, and he knocks a double to get things started um, uh, in this game that then ultimately went to eight nothing, and to be able to kind of witness Miguel do what Miguel has done so often in his career, which is like get it started, get it rolling, get the get the fire going. Um yeah. Was 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 super, super magical. And then when we get to Sunday, obviously, um those listening probably already know what the more magical moment was, but we'll <laughs> yeah. we'll get we'll get to that. Um anything else on we'll on, on Saturday as we as we kind of head to Sunday. No, I just want to say one quick thing, and this is another thing kind of about the whole weekend. I know we got to get to Sunday and kind of get that recap, but we talk a lot about Miguel Cabrera not only means a lot to the Tigers fans and the city of Detroit and all that. There was so much love for his home country of Venezuela yeah. that it was really cool to see. And I believe it was on the Sunday game. They did the Venezuelan national anthem. Mm-hmm. And like that was really cool. Like You could just tell like this is a human being who means so much to so many different peoples from so many different walks of life. And it's just cool how one person can bring together thousands of thousands of different people. And yeah. it's really neat. And I just thought that was kind of worth sharing because uh, it's just it was really cool. I mean, the, the, the Venezuelan you know pride for Miguel Cabrera was out front and center and rightfully so, which I thought was very cool to see throughout the entire weekend. And uh, yeah, just wanted to add that in real quick too, because definitely was worth mentioning. Yeah, and while we're while we're on on the Saturday uh, moment, there was a giveaway on Saturday of a Miguel Cabrera button down, and um, in fact, we here at the podcast have an extra one that we are going to give away. Um, so if you would like to be a part of this giveaway, you got to go over to our Substack, michiganandtrumbull.substack.com, subscribe to the Substack, and um, over the next couple of weeks we will send out the entry form for the drawing. But so make sure you go over, get subscribed uh, because it will go out there. That's the only place you're going to be able to actually enter to win the giveaway item. So head over michiganintrumble.substack.com. Link's going to be in the show notes for you as well. Um, Great. Let's get to Sunday, shall we, Luke? The big day. Let's do it Sunday. It started, again, at Iggy's Eggies, because it was so good. (laughs) It was so good. It was... It was it was wonderful, so good. It's funny. Uh, we only went to a couple different places actually in the city, but I ended up going to some places multiple times. Nicky's and Iggy's Eggies. Uh, so that was that was yeah. wonderful. We also we we should mention we had a pretty nice little dinner Saturday night too. Yeah, jo- uh, Jojo's Sunday bar. Jojo's. Yeah, Jojo's Sunday bar. Great smash burger. Um, I believe. Did you have the chicken sandwich, Luke? I had the honey that honey chicken sandwich, and let me tell you. It freaking rocked. Yeah. It was delicious. So good. The best thing I had that that that, that entire moment. It was good overall, but that was definitely number one. Which is also right over by by the stadium. Um, it mm-hmm. would be it could be a great spot for a pre or post game meal uh, for you. Is at JoJo's Sunday Bar. And if you want a milkshake, they got some fancy milkshakes. But I I I will say that I think the the food was the the best part of the meal. So I agree. Or whatever that's worth. Agree. So we get to yep. Sunday. Uh, my my family joined us for Sunday, uh, so we had a full a full group of ten um, heading into the stadium uh, on Saturday. We had sat kind of in the outfield, um, right up above the the Tigers bullpen, uh, and on this day we were we were right up from first base uh, over there. Be- beautiful seats. Um, I mean, just oh yeah, you crushed again. You did well with the seats. You did well with the hotels. You did well with the seats. Saturday was fun to be in the outfield. Sunday, it was great after getting kind of toasty on Saturday <laughs> to be in the shade most of the day behind first base, about 29, 30 rows back. I mean, we had a great view. We had a view of everything. So, again, great job with the seats. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So pregame, we do a we, we did a carousel ride pregame first, I guess. Let's talk about we that. We did yeah, uh, a knock out, knock out the carousel. Great stuff. Two bucks. Two bucks a person. Great Two bucks, time. Did that. Uh, it's a fun time, fun experience for all, uh, children mm-hmm. of all ages will enjoy the carousel. Yep. Um, then Absolutely. you and I, you and I did a little meetup with, uh, our friend Rahelio. Mm-hmm. 
Tigers the legend, report. Helio Castillo. Yes, yeah, Motor City Metrics. Those, yeah, they're, they're, they are the best over there. We always plug their stuff, but follow them on Twitter. I know they're at uh, Tigers Minor League Report, uh, Motor City Metrics, all that stuff. Their shows are on YouTube. Uh, Rogelio, great to finally meet him in person. And just a wealth of baseball knowledge, especially yeah. Detroit Tiger Bay. We talked to them maybe for 20 minutes and just the names and the numbers and the stats and the recall the guy has. Yeah. It's like everything I wish I, I, I hope I can be a baseball grown up like him someday. Cause he's just, he spitfires them out. You're like, damn, he knows a lot. And rightfully so, you know, he's covering the minors. They're, they're the best. I got to say for someone who doesn't follow a lot of minor league coverage, mm-hmm. they're my go-to without question. They're my go-to. So check them out. Yeah, it was great. And so then we got in our seat for the Miguel Cabrera card stunt. Uh, mm-hmm. which I got to say was pretty fun to be a part of. It was kind of cool. It was pretty, pretty cool, cool pretty to cool. Uh, to kind of yeah. be a part of that. Go check out the pictures of that if you did not see it um, on the broadcast because yeah. it, it looked really cool. It was awesome. Yeah, it was it was a great time. That was really cool to be a part of. And then that kicked us into the uh, video narration by Academy Award winner J.K. Simmons, who we saw walking the streets of Detroit Saturday night on our way to dinner. We crossed paths in a crosswalk and uh, – Noticed him right away. I went, huh, that's a guy who's won an Oscar, and I'm just going to go have a burger now. What a what a world we live in. So, yeah. You never know but, what uh, celebrities cool you'll meet on the streets of Detroit. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I mean, there was, it was a weird celebrity weekend full of encounters. And I, yeah, we'll get to that just a little bit later. But uh, <laughs> I'll just say it now. As fate would have it, I stood behind Chris Hansen uh, from Dateline NBC flying back to Florida on Monday morning. So bizarre. Has nothing to do with the weekend. Just one of those weird encounters. And it was saw Parker Meadows too yeah, Sunday morning getting our Iggy's uh, sandwiches, and uh, we saw that one guy Zach Campbell who catches baseballs, foul balls, home runs. I think that guy kind of sucks, but anyways, we'll keep it positive. Let's keep it moving. Uh, but yeah, so we get to Sunday narration by J.K. Simmons comes out, gives the play ball. The place erupts for Miguel Cabrera as always, as it always does. And what I loved about Sunday and on Saturday as well, Saturday Miggy's parents throw out the first pitch mm-hmm. to him. Sunday, Miguel Cabrera's kids throughout the first pitch to him, which I thought was really great. And then they even introduced him when he came up to take his at-bats, which I thought was really fun as well. Yeah, and uh, obviously not not the best hitting day for Miguel Cabrera um, as he went 0 for 3? 0 for 3 with a walk? Uh, 0 for 3 with a walk, yes. Yeah. yes. 0 for 3, so, yeah. uh, you know, uh, but every time he came up, Thunderous, thunderous applause. Um, everybody on their feet. Nobody, nobody moving. Uh, just ready to watch greatness happen, and away it went. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how much of the game we we really need to talk about until we get to that final walk. No. Um, yeah, I mean, let's the final, the final. I mean, yeah, Miggy had a, a rough day at the plate. He even said it kind of in his post game speech. <laughs> he was trying to get a hit. He was trying to drive one out. He was chasing junk. Uh, in the game itself, Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez pitch might have very well been his final start as a Detroit Tiger. I'm sure we'll get into that more in our next episode, but for what it's worth, he was great. Uh, mm-hmm. That was his final start as a Tiger, ending your year at like 13-9 with a 3-3 ERA. You could do a hell of a lot worse uh, in you know your your last season as a Tiger if that's what happens. Matt Veerling went deep, which was awesome to see. Hit a two-run bomb. He actually had a couple hits that game. I think Javi had a couple hits that game. Uh, Tigers ended up winning. I believe final was 5-2, to two, if I'm not mistaken, 5 or 6-2. to two. Um, but then let's get to the let's get to the moment, the, the big moment. So Miggy comes out for what we all assumed, unless a big rally was going to happen mm-hmm. uh, to keep the line moving, his final at bat. And he walks, I believe, on four straight pitches. Four straight balls. Booze, four, booze erupted. The place, uh, as loud as it was with the cheers, the booze rained down onto Comerica Park that day. And uh, Miguel Cabrera walked. Now, I thought, as I'm sure many of us thought, okay, I guess that's mm-hmm. it. It ends with a walk. And they don't take him out. Uh, when they didn't call for the pinch runner, you could see him kind of looking into the dugout. Uh, I was like, hmm, okay, there's no way he's going to bat again. So they have to have something up their sleeve. Now, yeah. we'd been hearing all week kind of rumblings he's not going to play first because he hadn't taken a single rep at first since like 2021. So, and as we later found out after the game, he had even gone as far as thrown his first baseman's mid away because he wasn't playing first anymore in his career. So he walks, he's on first, they don't pull him. Kerry Carpenter hits into the ground ball, double play. Miggy gets a huge standing ovation leaving the field because I think maybe some people thought for a moment 
that's it. That must that's be it. the last time we're ever yeah. going to see Miggy. And bottom of the seventh ends, top of the eighth rolls around. Who is the first player? Oh, I'm getting chills even thinking about it. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, the first player to come out of the dugout, Miguel Cabrera. And it was, that was probably, I think, other than him being taken out of the game, him running out and it being himself on the field for those 30 seconds. Yeah. A huge round of applause, huge pop. And it was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, um, because it was, I don't want to go so far as to say it was like a surprise, but it was, it was unexpected. It was not the, it was not the, when you think through the plan for a guy like Miguel Cabrera, you're going to, you think that you're going to get the last kind of applause for him after his last at bat. And that's kind of where it's going to come. Mm-hmm. But for him to to come charging out on that field and have that moment alone, um, which was appeared to be a, a full surprise to him as well, that he had that moment alone, uh, was really, 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 really magical. Um, yeah. And, and then the we get a, a beautiful montage of Miguel Cabrera moments um during uh-huh. the, the sing along and then we 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 play ball and on this note actually I will I also want to give a this feels weird cuz Angel Hernandez was on the crew um a nice shout out to the umpire crew for the way in which they handled everything the way in which uh-huh. they allowed the time um for for everything to play out um and didn't did not rush anything did not give any indication that they were like okay guys let's wrap this up like yeah. letting every moment kind of reach its completion and then we go on it certainly helped that this was yeah. ultimately a meaningless baseball game between two teams that were right. finishing their season on that day but um that they allowed all of that time beautiful stuff uh there and also to Cleveland as well, because yeah. I, you know, I mean, not only was, and I know it's different avenues and what, but this was also Terry Francona's, you know, final game managing in the major leagues. Uh, obviously they weren't going to be giving him a big fanfare celebration because they were on the road, but like, you know, like it's, it's, it's nice that Cleveland allowed them to have this moment. Cause it wasn't just a, a two second. All right, great. Let's like, it was a good, once they took him out of the game, it was a good, probably, you know, five to 10 minute delay of game. So he mm-hmm. can get his proper send off. His teammates came out. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But so Miggy takes the field. He's playing first base for the first time since I think October or, no, or excuse me, like September, August or September of 2021. It'd been about two years since he'd played first base. And as you, you can script a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. AJ, I think it sounds like he had said that, Hey, Miggy, like we're going to, how would you feel about playing first base for an inning or at least a couple of outs towards the end of the game? And Miggy was like, I guess he obviously agreed to it to some extent, needed to go to Spencer Torkelson to borrow his mitt because, like as I just said a moment ago, doesn't even have a first baseman's mitt anymore. So he's borrowing Tork's mitt when he goes out there. He gets the huge round of applause. It's time for game. First pitch goes in. Great. I think it was a ball or strike. Don't remember. Second pitch of the inning. Who does it get hit to but the future Hall of Famer and the Detroit Tiger legend, Miguel Cabrera. I believe he backhands it. He laughs. Steps on first base. The place goes wild. The tears start to flow. Out come the kids. Out come AJ. Miguel Cabrera's career is over. And it was, I mean, I never thought I'd be crying in a baseball stadium. But I was on Sunday because it was just like such like you can only plan so much, right? You Mm -hmm. can plan the big ceremonies and the celebrations and the celebrity and, you know, athlete cameos on the the video board and the JK Simmons narration and all these fun little Miggy moments that you can, you can physically control, but it is magic. It is baseball magic. It was baseball theater that the ball is hit directly to him. He steps on first base and his kids and AJ Hinch bring him out and that's it. And I, I honestly like, there wasn't many like dry eyes at the, it was like, it was pretty like emotional and like beautiful and sad and grateful. And like, it was the end of an era. And I mean, I've been watching Miguel Cabrera play baseball since I was eight years old, you know, 20 years later, he's calling it, he's calling it a career. And it was, it was pretty, pretty something. And uh, yeah, it was an awesome moment to say the least. Yeah. Despite what Tom Hanks believes there was in fact crying in baseball uh mm-hmm. on that day and and you know thinking again like yeah you can't script the moment but they were ready for the moment 
because mm-hmm. it took less than a second before the farewell music started playing. Yeah. After yeah. that out was after that out happened, it felt wholly cine- cinematic um mm-hmm. moment that it it truly felt like something that you would have scripted into a movie and the only piece of it that you you can't script is what that final play is. And so that mm-hmm. they were able to put him in at first, obviously that you know, he's he's been the first baseman for so long, obviously won his triple crown at third base, but to to kind of get him into that the way in which he came in is the way in which he went out. Um mm-hmm. was just a a truly beautiful moment. Um that it, it certainly the most the most beautiful moment of sports that I've ever been a part of in the fact that I was like in the stadium as it happened. Yeah, it felt it felt like one of those historic legendary moments that you'll see on TV like in 20 mm-hmm. years, you know, like I was at that game and that is pretty cool to say. Um uh, yeah, it was it was great. I do wonder hypothetically, you think if he gets a hit in the bottom of the seventh, does he come out for the top of the eighth? Or do you think they would have just on the fly been like, yep, that's it. We're ending it there. I think I do think that would have happened. But since he didn't get the hit and since it ended in such a lane, like a walk, ugh, come, I, I would almost preferred like a deep fly ball that would have been caught at the warning track. Like, yeah. you know, just something. Uh, but a yeah, walk is so lame to go out and he got junk on all four of those pitches. But again, they scripted it perfectly. And AJ even talked about how on the fly, they were just kind of like waiting for what will that moment be when we actually pull them. And you can, you can plan everything until that actual moment comes. And then just, you know, fate kind of did the rest. And as Dan Dickerson said on the radio broadcast, the ball will always find you. And it certainly did on that Sunday in Detroit. It was a beautiful, magical moment. I know the word magical sounds kind of hokey, but it was like, it was, the place went wild. And then the minute he stepped on first and his kids came out. And then when the players started to come out, like it was just, it was, I mean, tears, tears. And if you go back and look at some of the footage they got from those moments Sunday, like on Tiger's Twitter and Instagram, mm-hmm. like this, there's a slow-mo video of him, like where he like takes a bow and you can just see like the tears in his eyes. And like, it was just, it was such a cool experience to be a part of. And I'm grateful that I got to be even just a small part of it. And, share it with all of you guys and especially you, you know, with us in the show and everything like it was, it was something I'll never forget. And again, they just handled it so well. And I'm sure maybe we'll do, you know, more of an official Mickey deep dive, maybe on another episode. Cause I know we got to wrap up here, but like, I just will just say real quickly, and I think it's a general statement. Thank you to Miguel Cabrera because he was my all time favorite baseball player. Pudge Rodriguez got me into the tiger the Tiger family, but Miguel Cabrera was the reason I stayed. Yeah. Um, also, I didn't want to become a Yankees fan because why would I want to be a Yankee fan? Uh, but yeah, Miguel Cabrera is a legend. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is the greatest Detroit Tiger in the history of the franchise, and baseball will not be the same without him. This team will not be the same without him. And although it is time to go, he will be beyond words missed. And I am so grateful I got to watch him all these years. Couldn't have said it better myself, Luke. Yeah. We're going to use that as our closing statement there, folks. Um, if you want the Miguel Cabrera button-up, head over to michiganandtrumble.substack.com and subscribe, and we will send out the entry form in the next couple of weeks. So we're going to plug this a few more times on the show, and then we will uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see you later, Luke. Um, enjoy the postseason, everybody. Um, we will we will be back with a Tigers end of season uh, recap in uh, in a week or so. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Well, my mouth is full well of sandwich. Well done. Well done.